It can be so frustrating when we have a goal and we fail. In this episode, I chat to Rina Deutsch, motivational speaker, teacher, wife, mum, about her failure and how that led her on a journey that she probably wouldn't have taken otherwise. Welcome back. I'm Gila Ross, host of the Power Up podcast, where we share bite-sized relevant pieces of Torah wisdom that will upgrade your everyday life. Thank you so much, Rina, for joining us on the Power Up podcast. Really, really excited to have you on here. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, um, what you do, where you come from, etc. Okay, so I uh, born and raised in Toronto, Canada. I never really lived anywhere else except for that one year that I went to Israel after high school. I am married to a wonderful man, Avi Deutsch. We have five incredible children who push all of our buttons all the time, but in the best <sighs> way possible. And um, I am currently, um, thank God I'm a Jewish educator. I work in a girl's high school. I also give classes online. Um, I do general Jewish stuff. I do premarital classes. And that's pretty much how I keep myself busy these days. <laughs> wow, sounds like you have like a ton of free time with doing all that, right? So much, so, so much. <laughs> So tell, tell, tell me, um, have you always been in Jewish education? Did you do something before? No, I have not always been in Jewish education. I've actually, it's, I took quite this circuitous route to get here. Um, when I graduated from high school, like I said, I went to Israel for a year, had an amazing year um, there. And then I came back to Toronto and I went to university and I have actually an honors BA in English literature that um, hasn't really gotten me anywhere in life, to be perfectly honest. I, whatever, I'm a, I'm a well-read person. And um, my husband and I got married when I was in the middle of university and I had my first child just after I graduated. And I took a number of years off, probably about like at least eight, like at least eight years um, out, you know, out of school and, um, and then we started talking about, you know, what did we want to do with the rest of our lives? What direction were we going to go in? And we decided that we wanted to make Aliyah, which obviously we've been very successful at. And um, remind, remind me, you're talking to us from Toronto, Toronto. Canada, yes. where it's supposed <laughs> to be spring and I'm still wearing a sweater and freezing. So, um, and meanwhile, we're in England here where it's supposed to be freezing all year and we have a gorgeous sunny spring day. Well, so. Nice. I'm really happy for you guys. Maybe a little bit. Um, okay. Yes. So when we decided that we wanted to make Aliyah, we really sort of started getting the ball rolling and we spoke to Nefesh Benefesh and they asked us both when we went for our meeting, what are you guys going to do? My husband is in construction. So he explained, you know, all the things that he thought he could do and how he could adjust himself to be able to work in Israel. And they asked me, what about you? And I said, well, I have an honors be in English literature. I figured I could be an English teacher. And they laughed at me and they said, oh, no. you and every other North American, hola, like you can't just come to Israel and say, I'm going to teach English because I speak English. You need to have a marketable skill. And it sounds like that was mean, but it was actually very accurate, really true. You do. If 
you're going to go and be part of a community and be part of a society, you have to have something to offer. And just to come and offer and say, well, I speak English and I, I learned English in school, it wasn't enough. So my husband and I, we went back to the drawing board, we racked our brains. And I said to him, I'm like, you know, I, I always really loved makeup and maybe I could become a makeup artist. And then I would have a very flexible job there. There's a huge industry of weddings and simchas and bar mitzvahs and all those sorts of things. Maybe I could pursue this passion of mine and turn it into something that's useful. And we decided that that would be a good idea. And I went for it. I went back to school and I now have a certificate of makeup artistry and aesthetics. And, um, and then we proceeded to not make Aliyah. <laughs> and um, I became a makeup artist here in Toronto and I worked a lot of weddings and bar mitzvahs and bat mitzvahs and all those sorts of things. And it happened that good friends of mine who was working with Aisha Torah at the time had another good friend who was also kind of working at Aisha Torah. And she also had a whole side thing going on. She was a lawyer and did interviews. She was such a cool person, actually originally from England, probably know her. Anyways, um, so she needed some headshots done and our mutual friend sent her to me to get her makeup done. And in that makeup session, I talked to her because that's what I do. I'm very loquacious. I like to talk to people. And that's part of actually what I loved about doing makeup was that human interaction, being able to, right. to meet new people and get to know them. And I love Torah and I love Judaism. So we did talk a lot about that. So we had that one conversation. Then she was going to be on television a little while later. So she came back to me and we had, again, a very similar, like super cool session where we were schmoozing and talking and going back and forth. And a couple of weeks later, she called me up and she said, Rena, I have a trip I want you to go on. And being the chronic people pleaser that I am, I was like, sure, no problem. <laughs> and I went to an information session. There was a trip, a JWRP or now it's called Momentum Trip for Women that was going to be going in November of 2014. So I went to go hear what it meant to be a community leader on one of these trips, what it was all about. And I came home from the meeting and I looked at my husband and I said, it sounds awesome, but I don't think I'm gonna go. He said, why? I said, well, we're planning on making our, the bar mitzvah for our son who was at that time turning 13. We're gonna be in Israel in July anyways. So to go again in November and to leave you and the kids and there's money involved and all those sorts of things. I just, I don't think I'm gonna do it. And he looked at me literally like I had fallen off the moon. He's like, are you crazy? Of course you're gonna go. Of course you're gonna do this. It's a once in a lifetime opportunity. There's just, there's no way you're not going. So I did, I went on this trip in November of 2014 and it literally changed my life. That's, it, it's not even a, an exaggeration at all because in going on that trip, I was in a position where I had the opportunity to start sharing my love and passion for Judaism and Torah and God with lots and lots of different people. And even though I had never considered it before and didn't even think that it was a thing, I realized that I was actually like, can I say that I was actually sort of good at it? And people responded to me and it was amazing. And I loved it. And I came home and we, the group, we kept up for a long time. And I, I helped a lot with the educational component and all that sort of thing. And let's circle back now. My friend who had been working at Asia Torah, who put me in touch with the woman who needed her makeup done for all those things. She was no longer working at Asia Torah. Now she was working at NCSY. And NCSY wanted to expand and start working on family programming. So wouldn't you know that this friend called me up and she said, I see what you've been doing with this group of women for the last year and a half. 
would you consider coming to work at NCSY and doing family programming for us? And I said, what, like me? I'm, I'm a makeup artist, like that's not what I do. She's like, no, I'm pretty sure that's what you do. And I said, chronic people pleaser. I'm like, okay, sure, no problem. So I took the job at NCSY and I started doing parent programming and family programming in general, where even though a lot of what I was doing was, you know, the nitty gritty of the programming, a lot of what I was doing was the education. A lot of what I was doing was connecting with people and building relationships and helping people explore their Judaism. And it was amazing and incredible. And I loved it on pretty much every single level. And through my work at NCSY, I started posting things on Instagram and on Facebook and all that sort of thing. And uh, another mutual, fr another friend of mine who worked, was involved actually in the, in the shul sisterhood, saw something that I posted. It was like an Arab, I wanna say it was like before Rosh Hashanah, a post about pizza and my life and groceries and all sorts of crazy things. Um, this whole analogy about life and pizza. And she sent me a message and she said, you know, we have a program on Simchas Torah, will you come speak for us? I was like, I'm not a speaker, but chronic people pleaser, of course I'll come, no problem. So I went and I spoke there. And because I spoke there, the principal of the girls high school was there. And uh, she called me up and said, hey, would you come speak at our mother daughter event? And I said, I mean, I'm not a speaker, but sure. <laughs> so I went and I spoke at the mother daughter event. And shortly after the mother daughter event, she called me back and she said, would you consider teaching at the school? And I said, no, I don't think you understand. So maybe I could pretend to be a speaker and all that, whatever. Okay. It's not a big deal. I'm like, but I'm not a teacher. I don't know what you're talking about. She said, why don't you just come in and do one model class for us? And I said, okay, fine. Like if that'll make you happy, no problem. Right. So I went in and I did a model class and I figured like here, I'll appease, I'll make the model class and it'll, we'll be done and it'll be fantastic. Great. And a couple of days later, she called me up and offered me a job. And I was like, I, I don't think you understand. I'm not a teacher, but sure. Cause that's just what I do. And I went and I took that position. I worked for one year, part-time at the school, part-time at NCSY. And then I shifted over to being full-time at the school. And this is my third year there. And it's, it's just incredible. I love the opportunity to be involved in something that makes me feel like I'm doing something really meaningful and purposeful in my life. And um, the women that I had been learning with or had been teaching, whatever it was, they didn't give up on me, which was very nice. And so I, I transitioned to also being giving classes online. Uh, well, now it's online before it was in person, doing talks, those sorts of things, because again, it's just the kind of thing where uh, I feel so able to connect. I feel like there is meaning and purpose in what I'm doing. And I feel like if I look back over all these dots and they're all connected in a way, um, you know, I think to myself, oh, we really messed up that we didn't move to Israel. And then I look back and I'm like, but wait a minute, maybe God was putting me on another path. Maybe Israel's God willing is going to come at some stage in the game, but maybe this was the route that I was supposed to take because there were other things that I was supposed to do on the way. And in a very, very long winded way, that's how I wasn't always into Jewish education. And now I am. <laughs> Wow, amazing. I mean, it was, I'm listening to you and I'm like, you know, for you, you're, as you said, right, you're thinking like, we messed up, we didn't get to Israel, but it's for me listening, it's like so clear that you need to be where you are, because, you know, God has a mission, but it's also amazing to hear 
how, because I think a lot of times we, opportunities get thrown at us and we don't always take them out, but it sounds to me like every opportunity that you got thrown at, you took, which is what has brought you um, over here. I love how your passion for Jew Judaism, Jewish education is, 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 is like listening to you, it's like contagious. Let me ask you a question. If you could, like one myth that you could burst of, of um, Ju um, Juda Judaism, Jewish education, what would it be? You could for get me, out there and, and, and destroy that myth for everyone. So for me, something that I feel so, so passionate about is the idea that God is not looking for perfection from any one of us. We talk all the time about how we're working on perfecting ourselves. And yes, we are working at refining ourselves. We are working towards perhaps what we see as a vision of perfection. But the idea isn't, I don't think, even ever to get there. Because if we look through the Tanakh, if we look through the Torah, we look through all of it, so many, think about it like this. If God was the editor, which he was and is, and the author all around, and he could have made it out to be, this is what I want you to aim for. This is what I want you to go for. He really could have just made it out. Like every single figure in Jewish history was perfect. Every single person that we're supposed to look up to was perfect. Now aim for that. Good luck to all of you. And we see starting with Adam and Eve and then Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and Joseph and Moses and Eric. None of them were perfect. They were all incredible. They were all real human beings who worked so hard to refine themselves, but they still weren't perfect. And I think that that's God's way of telling us, I just want your effort. And we all know the difference between where we put effort in and where we don't put effort in. Like I know for myself when I say, oh, I wasn't able to work out today. It's because I didn't bother at all to try. Okay. I know that. But then there are times where I'm like, oh shoot, like I really wasn't able to do X. And I, I did, I tried, I made the effort and I still wasn't able to do it, but I made the effort and I know the difference and God knows the difference too. So I think it's so important for us to remember that God's not looking for perfection. He is certainly looking for effort and honest, true effort, but perfection is essentially unattainable. So while we have our ideals and we have our goals and things that we want to work towards, we need to not allow the fact that sometimes we miss the mark. When I say sometimes, I mean, maybe, I don't know, for myself, like 96% of the time, all the time, right? Yes. <laughs> We're all perfect, right? <laughs> sure. But that we don't allow that to hold us back and say, well, I'll never be perfect. So I might as well not try. They always say that that good is the enemy of great. And I say that perfect is the enemy of good. And there's good is good. Good is amazing. So let's take away that idea that we have to be perfect. We need to be infallible. We need to hundred percent of the time be doing, making hundred percent of the right choices every single minute of every single day. We're humans. We make mistakes. We all have areas of weakness. We all have stuff that we're working on. That's okay. As long as we're working as long as we're putting in the effort and trying. Yeah, it's, that's, that's very, yes, it's true. Because also what happens is when we're so results driven, we forget to, that, to look at the effort that we've put in. We forget to say, you know what? I did, if we did our best, right? As, as you said, if we did our best or if we, if we even tried, I tried and that is what my job was. Um, so yes, that is an incredible, incredible myth to, to, to burst. And it's an incredible thought for us to, 
take away that to, to, to stop focusing on the results, but focus on what's in our control, the effort that we put in. Thank you so very much, Rina. It's been a real treat and a pleasure to speak to you. Um, thank you. I know that our listeners are going to want to hear more from you so they can find you on Facebook and on Instagram, I believe, at Rina Deutsch. Yes, definitely. They can find me there. Thank you. Thank you for your time. Thank you so much and have an amazing afternoon. Thank you for taking the time to listen. I'd love to hear your thoughts and your feedback. You can get in touch with me. You can find me on Instagram at Gila Ross. Please check out the podcast for lots more inspiration at your convenience. And please take a moment to rate, review or subscribe to the podcast. Thank you and have a wonderful day.